We now begin Maseches Sota. This is Perik Aleph Mishnah Aleph one one, and the topic of this first chapter is the preliminaries and technicalities that lead up to the giving the bitter waters to the suspected Sota. And here in our first Mishnah, we want to discuss how many witnesses are required to testify regarding the stira component, the seclusion of this suspected woman with the suspected adulterer. So, the background again, for a woman to become a suffix sota, two things need to happen. First, she needs to have kinui, and then if that's stira. Kinui means her husband put her on formal notice, as we'll see in our Mishnah in front of two Adam, and he says, do not seclude yourself with that man. And that's the kinui part. Subsequently, there's the stira, where she in fact does find herself secluded with that man. So the bishop will take it for granted that the kinui part, putting her on notice to warn her, requires a warning in front of two witnesses, kosher witnesses. However, the machlokas is when it comes to the stira, the, the um, report that she was isolated, secluded with that man, do we need one or two witnesses? Now, the sheet who holds is only one witness um, required, basically learns it from a pasuk. However, I want to explain something for a second, which is very important here. Um, the role of a witness in Palacha could really be one of two. The primary reason why you bring witnesses is to establish a halachic fact, to be mikayem the davar, to establish what's happened in the eyes of the court. And that requires two witnesses, kosher witnesses. And there are certain halachic phenomena, especially in um, davar shabba things that are involving marriage, where a prerequisite for the thing to work is that there are two witnesses. So, for example, for Kedushin, to effect marriage, two witnesses are required. If there are no two witnesses there, then the marriage simply cannot be effected. So, in other words, if I give a woman a ring, and I say, you're married with this ring, and she accepts the ring, if there aren't two kosher witnesses to observe it, it simply doesn't work. She's not married, and she's free to marry whoever she wants. It just didn't work. It's not a matter of... It's not a matter of there's a marriage, just we don't, we don't have the halachic ability to enforce it because we don't have witnesses. No, the marriage itself wasn't effective. Um, so other times, we only need one witness, and that's just to be mivarer, to clarify what happened. Um, uh, if you're learning an order here, we just had in Nazar not long ago, um, the case of you know one witness reporting to two fellows, one of you guys walked over a grave in your tummy. We believe that one witness, um, because we have nothing, no countervailing reason to not believe that one witness. Um, and if there would be, in other words, back there in that mission we said, if the people in question deny it, they say we didn't walk over a grave, then we, they would not be forced to do anything about it. Um, but the rule is that an Eid Echad is Neman B'Yisurin in general, uh, when it comes to matters of Isra V'Heter, a single witness is believed, because they're just clarifying what happened or didn't happen, and they're believed for that. And um, when one witness is required... So then the rule is that witness does not need to be even a, a kosher witness, a kosher aide. So meaning the one person who's clarifying no matter what happened could be a woman or a relative. That would be fine as well. Okay? So here our Mishnah starts out by saying, One who has already put his wife on notice. Not to exclude herself with such a man, a particular man. Rebbe Omer, Mekanela al 
Umashkela alpi et echad, o alpi atmo. Says Rabbi Yezer, yes, the kinui, the putting her on notice, requires two kosher witnesses, so he has to set her, tell her in front of two kosher witnesses, do not be excluded with that man. But then, once she's been, that's been effected, so then, if she is seen even by one person to have been secluded with that man, so that gives enough of a suspicion, a basis to say, listen, this marriage is not put on hold, and she's forbidden to, her husband's forbidden to sleep with her anymore until they clarify this matter. Um, and that's true whether it's one witness who sees it, or even he, the husband, who sees it. Okay? Now, although here it says she can be given to drink the bitter waters based on one witness, just remember, the woman is never forced to drink. She can always say, no, I don't want to drink, I'm refusing to participate in this. Um, which, which she would be entitled to do so, provided they haven't yet erased Hashem's name. Um, so the point here is that the marriage is being put on hold, and the function of the bitter waters to giving her to drink is to enable them to reestablish a, a happy marriage, okay? But the marriage is now put on hold. Says Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua Mer, Mekanalal Pishnaim, he says, yes, Kini requires two witnesses to put her on notice, formally warning her. But then Umashkal Pishnaim, you also need two witnesses, two kosher witnesses to observe that she was secluded with that man against whom she was warned to seclude herself um, with, and those two witnesses are required to establish a lucky fact to make her husband and her now forbidden to sleep together. Until then, even if you have one witness who saw them seclude, that will not be enough to make her husband forbidden to sleep with his wife anymore until until further notice. So that's the machlokas here. Now, um, the halacha is, so there's a few things. First I want to say is, the Gemara says that since it starts out by saying, one who had put his wife on notice, the Gemara understands we're talking here about a bidyevit situation. The lacharchila person should not do formal kinu with his wife, because then that's just like a recipe for now getting the marriage to be put you know, into, into jeopardy and her being in an awkward, terrible situation and the coming to disgrace and so on. So better not to effect um, formal kinu in the first place. That's how... Um, the Gemara understands Aratana, based on the way he starts the Mishnah. However, that topic is actually a machlokus between Rabbi Yishmol and Rabbi Akiva. In Abraisa, Rabbi Yishmol holds like that. Rabbi Akiva understands that the mitzvah of Kinoi is in fact a mitzvah, and if one suspects his wife, so then he ought to put on formal notice not to further have you know, a relationship and exclude herself with the man in question. Um, I would argue that's also to keep the marriage in good shape, um, because, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We'd much rather nothing bad happen, God forbid, and once the husband is suspicious, so he ought to put her on notice formally. Okay, so that would be the halach like Rabbi Akiva, um, that one can, it's not just Rishos, one can or should put his wife on notice in a formal way when when the, when the he suspects something inappropriate is, is potentially going to happen. Now, the second part, as far as the stira goes, so Allah is like Rabbi Yehoshua, that, um, you know, actually I skipped something, I, I apologize. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer holds that one witness is enough um, for the for the stira part. 
how does he know that? Where does he get that from? So he gets that from the fact that there, one witness is enough for um, declaring someone to be Tame, and there is a, a connection, there's a, a heckish between the Parsha that talks about the Sota, Venistra Vihi Nitma'a, she becomes Tamea, so to speak. Now, that's not really an appropriate turn of phrase. The Tuma is not the issue. It's like a borrowed term, if you will, to come like she becomes defiled, if you will, to connect you to tell you that the Lachas of Tuma apply similarly in one way here by the Stira, meaning that just as one witness is believed for a Tuma, one witness is also believed for. Um, the stira. That's how Rabbi Eliezer understands. The, the, that's the basis of his one witness is enough. But the Allah is like Rabbi Yoshua, that two witnesses are required both for the Kinui and for the stira. And without that, um, two witnesses, so then then we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't give her to drink the water. Now, the Rambam takes an interesting middle position, by the way. He understands that of course, you need two witnesses for, for Kinui, that's not for discussion. And you need two witnesses for Stira as well, like Rabbi Yeshua, to give her to drink the water. But if he himself, as opposed to a single witness, if he with his own eyes sees the Stira occur, so then now he is forbidden to sleep with his wife any, anymore. Even though he can't force her to drink, um, since in his, he knows what's happening, he sees what's happening, that's enough in his own head to make it that he can't sleep with his wife anymore. Okay, so that would restrict them, and according to the Rambam, not only would they be restricted then at that point by him seeing it himself, which is not not only that, not like how the Bartender learned the Mishnah, um, but, but then according to the Rambam, he would then be forced to divorce his wife, Midar Rabbanan, because you can't live with a woman with whom you can't sleep, and since it's a concern to Rabbanan that they would end up sleeping together, therefore the din is he would have to divorce divorce his wife. That's the Rambam Paskins, and let's assume, as we keep on doing in these Masechtas, the Halacha follows the Rambam.